folks, we are back. Episode 16. It's been a bit of a break, but I am your host, Joe. Oh, excuse me, I have the hiccups. Uh, but I am your host, Joe. Um, follow me on Twitter at 18TwinsPodcast. This, of course, is 18, a Minnesota Twins baseball podcast. We got a lot of breakdown today. Uh, DeGrom was signed a, a Pirates player requesting a trade. And um, I think I'm going to start this new series. I'm going to rank every... Uh, excuse me, every every Twins player, every player who appeared for the t- Twins in 2022, I'm going to rank them. So, uh, well, I'm going to rank them in importance to, to the team, okay? And then I think I'll give them a letter grade, too, like, like you do in school. But anyways, I've given you a quick preview. Let's start to hop into the episode. Okay, so, first thing I want to break down. Mr. Jacob deGrom and the Texas Rangers have agreed to a five-year contract with a six-year option, no trade clause, but a five-year, $185 million guarantee, and if if it has the option, it could take it to, (coughs) excuse me, a $222 million deal with the Rangers. So that's an AAV of about $37 million for Jacob deGrom. Great pitcher. But you also have to keep in mind, Texas does not have income tax. Or at least not as crazy as, and definitely not as crazy as New York or California. So Jacob deGrom gets all $37 million of that money. So that's why, so you might see teams in Texas and Florida sign big free agents for, you know, slightly cheaper. Uh, That's because they don't have to pay that much. Um, That's because there's there's an income tax in the other states. But uh, Jacob deGrom, so if Jacob deGrom really wanted to get $37 million, uh, then then he might have to get, 42 43 million in other states but with the rangers in texas he only has to get 37 million to get a full 37 million um so with all the rangers signings recently this has brought up two big questions okay first of all uh how how are the rangers going to look next next year and in the coming seasons so you know, next year they won't look that good, but maybe later on they will, especially after they've got all these big free agents. I mean, even two years from now, they'll still have Semyon for, like, four more years and uh, and DeGrom for, like, five more years and then, you know, uh, Seeger for, like, six more years. and You know, so uh, what will... How will the Rangers look? You know, personally, I am ready for the Astros dynasty to be done. I think I am. Um, I'm not sure. That might be a controversial opinion. I'm not sure if it is. But either way, I think, you know, it's time for somebody new to, new to come out of the AL. And, uh, you know, I think I'd like to see the Mariners battle the Rangers for, for a while. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to see the Astros, of course, go down exactly like the Red Sox did. But I'd like to see the Astros, you know, maybe fall, like, not win the, div- not win the division and then, you know not do that well in the playoffs and, you know, eventually just fall out of it. 
Um, I think I'm ready for that dynasty to be over. I'm not sure it looks like it's going to be over anytime soon. I think Altuve and Bregman need to get a little bit older, but they still have Pena and Alvarez and Garcia and, you know, Valdez and yada, 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 yada. So I don't think it'll end anytime soon, but it could definitely have an impact on what Jacob DeGrom will, uh, what will, what will the Rangers look like next year? Um, I'm excited to see that rotation of Leiter, DeGrom, and Rocker. Um, I think that could happen next year. I think it will happen next year. Uh, but we'll see. Imagine if they got, like, Verlander, too. All of a sudden, they'd have the be- one of the best rotations in the MLB. Um, you know, but I think if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm really looking excited to this next season. Um, I'm not sure how excited because it's not that different from last year. And how many more wins is DeGrom really going to get you? I mean, if he, even if he gets you seven more wins, they're still not in the. They're still not a playoff team. But uh, anyway, so Degrom to the Rangers, five years, one hundred eighty-five million total, with a six-year option, uh, no trade clause either. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm not sure what more there is to talk about in that. Oh yeah, the second question I forgot to say: Should teams with uh, a lower income tax state should they be tariffed by the MLB because it's not as fair for other teams who have to pay that extra bit more just to get gobbled up by the state and not by the player they they have to pay whatever five million more just to, for example the twins the twins would have had to pay Jergo I'm like over 40 million to get that uh to get that $37 million to DeGrom. So should teams in lower-income tax states be taxed or, by, or ter- tariffed by the MLB, not necessarily taking it specifically from the player contract, but maybe, uh, I don't know, like say whatever percent of the contract is, they just donate that to MLB or donate it to charity, whatever, you know. Because I think that would make it a little more fair. Um... You know, I, I, I'm not sure which way. I'm not sure if I go either way on it. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Anyway, so Jacob DeGrom to the Rangers. Um, Another interesting. Uh, so Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. You might not you might not have heard of him, but that's part of the re- reason why he wants to be traded. Um, The Pittsburgh Pirates have been a pretty, pretty poor team. Okay. Not a great place for a star to th- thrive. Brian Reynolds is definitely has the potential of an up-and-coming star. Had a great season last year. A uh, gr- great season in 2021 as well. Um, it's really a question of will he continue. But he requested to be tra- traded from the Pirates. He will be a uh, free agent after the 2025 season. So he hasn't even hit free agency yet, okay? Uh Excuse me. Um, but anyways, so it's a real. It's I feel like it's a slap in the face to pirate fans. I really do, because they've been waiting. They they've had some pr- pretty terrible teams, but they're finally showing signs of life, right, with the rebuild and whatnot. And then their biggest rebuild star is asked to be traded. Now I completely understand it from Brian Reynolds. Uh, he just wants to get more in the uh, face of it. I'm not sure the Pirates will give it to him, though, because I'm not sure there's 
really anything that would be worth it. But I, I guess you kind of have to trade him after that. I just don't know. It, it would be super interesting. Um, I, I'd feel really mad if I was a Pirates fan. You know, that's almost like Royce Lewis requesting, requesting a trade or whatever, you know? I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think this does dampen Brian Reynolds' uh, image a little bit from what it was before, which was pretty spotless. Um, a pr- pretty well-liked player, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be 100% happy with this if I was a Pirates fan. You know, I, it's like everything you've worked for and all that, it just go, kind of goes to waste because he's trying to throw away your rebuild. And, you know, maybe, maybe unless they got something really good, maybe that trade goes out the – maybe they don't get anything good out of that trade. And all of a sudden, oh, well, look at that. You know, uh, it's thrown away. If O'Neill Cruz doesn't pan out. They don't have any pitching. Oh, no. Yeah, and, you know. So I would be really, really disappointed if I was the uh, – if I was the Pirates in that situation. So, uh, anyways, Brian Reynolds requesting a trade. Now let's get into the heart of the episode. I'm not sure how how many we're going to do this episode, but we'll do the start of it. We'll rank the top players for the Twins in order of importance in the 2022 season. Okay. Number one, Carlos Correa. Okay. Uh, in 2022, he had a uh, he had a good season. He played 136 games for them. Um, he hit 291, slugged 467, OPS plus a 140. Played pretty good. Uh, pretty good shortstop. <clears throat> I mean, I, that's that's great. That's that's a great showing, and also the awesome leadership he had. Uh, you know, that's a great, great player. Great, 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 great player. That's why the Twins really need to re-sign him as well. I mean, all his stats are great, you know? Uh, I mean, that's that's uh, 152 hits to 522 at-bats. I mean, come on, guys. We got to re-sign him. 64 RBI, 64 RBI was not great. Um, but... <laughs> I think that was just lack of opportunities when he was when he was good. Uh, he they didn't the twins weren't as good. Um, but anyways, I mean, Correa, uh, g- great player. I think I'd grade him an A. Okay, so just an update, uh, an idea of how this grading scale for me and this process will work. <coughs> So first of all, I'm gonna just say I'll be ranking uh, position players and pitchers. Um, but anyways, uh, so the gr- grading process will be uh, so A plus would be MVP guaranteed, like Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, Paul Goldschmidt. You know those. That's that's kind of season I needed for an A plus. Um, a C will be average, and then uh, an F would be like. I don't know. Um, they didn't. They didn't do anything but hurt the team, and they hurt them pretty bad. Okay. Uh, so this rank will not be in order of grade. This will just be in order of how important their value was to the Twins. So number one, Carlos Correa, I give an A. 
great, great. He's a superstar. Uh, maybe didn't have like a superstar season for sure, but he was he that was a superstar season, I guess. Um, he's had a superstar career. Career I, that's great. OPS plus a one forty. That's his highest, second highest of his career. That's higher than last year's when he was in the MVP conversation. Uh, the only other time was twenty seventeen, and we know uh, what exactly happened in twenty seventeen. And he played great defense. I, that's that's awesome. It really is. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's any much you could have ask for other than win the MVP, uh, so that's why I'm giving him an A. I, he really, really was a great, great player for the Twins, and I think he would be a great, great player moving forward. He'd only be like 28, so I mean, why not go and get him? So uh, anyways, Carlos Correa ranked, ranked number one for us. Number two, I'm going to go with Mr. Sonny Gray. I know it might sound like, you know, really? I mean, I feel like uh, Luis you know, but I think Sonny Gray did an awesome, awesome job of anchoring the rotation. He was awesome. He, he was pretty good. He was pretty awesome. Um, I think I'd give him a B plus rating, rating ERA plus of 125. So 100 is average, so 25% better as a starting pitcher as well. Um, you know, he's got, he had a, uh, 119 innings pitch with a 3.08 ERA. He held down the rotation. He was just this much off of being an under three ERA. You know, I might even move him up to an A ranking. What Sonny Gray really valued for the Twins was how much he, uh, how much he held down the rotation. He really did. He was this guy who could come out and give you a great game every single time he went out. He gave you a chance to win. He never felt like, you know, ah, I'm not sure how this is going to work. No, he gave you a great chance every time. Um, I think, you know, it, even when you might want to say Joe Ryan, well, even when Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan went to some periods where he was a little iffy, okay, Sonny Gray did not. Sonny Gray was awesome for the Twins. He rocked it in his great first year of Minnesota. Um, I think they have him through 2023 at least. I think maybe through 2024. Um, but, I, you know, he's he's great. He really was. I, I, I'm super excited to see him in 2022. Or 2023, excuse me. Um, you know, but I... I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to be... I think he has a subside potential. I think this is part of the reason. He could even be ranked number one for the Twins. But I think this is part of the re reason why we ha can be so optimistic looking at the rotation going into the next few seasons. Because of how great he has been. I mean, if they get an ace, imagine what they'd be then. Sonny Grazier, number two pitcher with a 3.08 ERA and 120 innings pitched. That's awesome. You know, that... So that's why I'm getting him. I'll, I think I'll give him an A, honestly. Well, no, I'll, I'll give him an A. I'll give him a B plus because there were some better ones than him. But I, you know, that's great. That's that's awesome. You know, who doesn't want a B plus as their uh, second overall pitcher if the Twins can sign him more? And even with your ace, he's not that. That's great. You know, that's better than the Twins have had in a while. Uh, I'm really high on Sonny Gray. I think 
uh, I think he definitely has some potential. He was only 32 last year. I mean, it's crazy that's how young he is, but he is that young. Um, he was 23 when he came up, so, I mean, that kind of explains it a little bit. But, yeah, so Sonny Gray uh, ranked number two for most importance. Next. This is a bit of a toughie, you see. Um, I just... I feel like this guy might not be that important as a third spot for the Twins. But I feel like when he wins this, you got to give it to him. So, Luis Arise, number three. You know, when you win, <coughs> when you win the batting average title, uh, the, the when you're the batting champ, you got it. You got to win the, uh, you got to win the, uh, you got to at least be top three on your team and most important. Unless it's like Jeff McNeil on the Mets. So, I don't know. I don't know. But Luis Arise hit 316 for the 2022 t- Twins. And we know he has more potential. Uh, but he was also, you know, I, I, want, I wouldn't say he held down. I, I don't think there was really anybody who held down the lineup for the Twins. Then maybe Polanco, possibly. But Arise, you know, he was close. He hit 316. Uh, you know, even in his slumps, he hit two, 280, 290. Uh, so that's what I think. I think he had the pro. He was trying to drive the ball. You know, he hit like four home runs in a month, and he was like, you know, I think I can mess around with this. Uh, no, he doesn't have that power. But you know, <coughs> when you're giving your team this kind of statistics. Uh, Correa, you know, Correa was more important because he was a leader in the clubhouse. That's why I gave him that. But Arise was important just for some overall production. Uh, just for a recap, he hit 316 with a 420 slugging. So not he didn't slug terrible. He slugged pretty good, honestly. Uh, and a 130 LPS plus. Uh, his defense was a little, if anything, that that kind of held him back a little bit. Even though he was a Gold Glove finalist, but he was a great player. I think I'd give him a B plus. Um, you know, he was great for the Twins, and he, I, I hope he's even better next year. Um, you know, we haven't really had this guy in a while. Uh, I guess the Twins have had quite a few batting champs, I guess, on second thought. Joe Maurer, Kirby Puckett, 1-1, Ride Carew, of course. Uh, you know, so, uh, anyways, Luis Arise got third. Number four, we will pick Mr. Joan Duran. Okay, so Joan Duran uh, burst onto the scene. I remember watching him pitch in spring training, going, "Holy cow, this guy is nuts!" You know, I, I, my dad, my grandpa was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I guess." My dad was like, yeah, "You know, I don't even, I've never even heard of this guy, but okay." And I was super excited for him to pitch on opening day. Uh, he had, and he went off. You know, he's. Great, great season for Juan. A one point eight six ERA. Um, you know, how many say eight? Only eight saves, but sixty seven point two innings pitched. That's great. Almost sixty eight innings pitched. Uh, with a one point eight six ERA. That's awesome. Um, I think. Do I want to rank him in relievers or pitchers? I'll, I'll rank him an A. <coughs> for a reliever, obviously, it wasn't that important. Uh, but a 208 ERA plus, um, 
FIP of 252, so that's where it's a little scary why he only has a 1.86 ERA and a 2.52 FIP. A FIP is normally a pretty good ERA predictor. So, you know, the underlying numbers aren't great, but, I mean, look at this guy, you know. Um, his, uh, uh, he, he was great. He really was. Uh, there's nothing you can complain about that season. What, what do you want more? If anything, I think he really did a great job of holding down the Twins' bullpen. You know, they had some struggles for sure, but he did a great job. You know, earlier in the season, if we had used him as an ace, he would have been an even better potential. He would have been even better for the Twins. Not an ace, but, you know, like a, a closer. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I think he, he really, I, I think that's why he deserves four, just because he held down the bullpen. You know, we've got the guy who holds down the lineup, holds down the... Uh, starting rotation. Uh, Joan Teron really held down the bullpen. Okay, I mean, these stats, they, I, I always felt confident with him coming in. I can't think of a time I didn't feel confident with him coming in. And even those runs he did give up, most of them, uh, they weren't in, I mean, they were maybe three, when the Twins was, a, it was a three, or a three, Three runs save, and so he gave up one run. You know, I th that's where that's what I think gave me such confidence in him. Okay, this guy might be a little controversial. I have him at number five. The only reason I have him at number five, I personally would want to rank him lower, but I feel like too many people get mad at me. Um, but you know, last year I would say number one most important. This year, nada. Byron Buxton, okay. The reason the reason I'm saying this, you know, I I was not looking forward to this, but Bucks, I thought he could do a lot better. And granted, he was playing injured, but him and Correa were supposed to be the ultimate leader duo. Buxton gave the lineup <coughs> such strength in the years before. You know, he he just gave him some extra fun to play with, a great spark plug. In 2022. I would say it was more of an anchor. Um, you know, he he hit. Uh, he only played ninety two games, so almost got to a hundred games. But they weren't healthy games. I would rather see him play seventy games and have them all be super healthy to his fullest potential. But when he's hitting two twenty four, you know that's worse than I thought. Two twenty four from your star guy. Uh, 224, a 306 on base percentage. He still slugged 526, which is insane. Uh, he was still a great offensive powerhouse. OPS plus a 135. But you need to hit him, have him that batting average bump up a little more. He struck out a ton, 116 strikeouts and 340 at-bats. Yeah, no, that's not what we're looking for. You know, I I'm sorry, Buck, but... We got a little, get a little more out of you. Uh, his speed didn't have that much effect on them. He didn't even play center field and DH. He kind of split time between there. And that's a big part of the reason why I think he wasn't that important. You know, I think I'll give him, a, as a rating, I think I'll give him a B-. minus. You know, I, I really expected more from Buck, especially with this potential. I don't think this means he's going to go downward trend on it by any means. Uh, he's still young. Um, he still has time. He's still going to only be 29 uh, coming into next season. But, you know, you got to cut down on those strikeouts just a tad bit. And then I think I think after you cut down those, we're definitely in a much better position. 
so yep, that's a B minus. So uh, I think we're gonna round out the episode here. Um, so the top five players for the Twins in the rank of importance: Correa, Gray, Arise, Duran, and Buxton. Uh, in the next episode, we should talk about another another amount. I'm not sure how many that's going to be. But we're going to go down the whole list for the Twins. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.